Hi and welcome to the second episode of Floss Mum Rant brought to you by me, Jess. Today I talked to Genevieve from Voices of Hope and we chat about mental illness and that it's not weak to speak. Please don't give him any more. Hello. Hi Genevieve. Hey. Awesome. I'm so glad we made it. Yay. Sorry for all the Yeah, updates. last time we had some technical difficulties, but we're all good. We're ready to go now. Working. I'm ready when you are. Yeah, awesome. So uh, this is Genevieve from Voices of Hope, which is a non-for-profit organisation. And Voices of Hope provide hope for those struggling with mental health issues by promoting mental well-being, empowerment and recovery. And just to kick off, I wondered whether you could share a little bit about your journey with mental health and how you came up with Voices of Hope. Yeah, um, so for me, Voices of Hope came about because I've had my own struggles with mental health. Um, during my early teen years, I was very unwell um, with multiple mental illnesses. I had anxiety, OCD, and anorexia nervosa. Um, and for me, I felt a lot of shame for fighting these illnesses. And there's this common theme with mental illness that people do feel shame because there's stigma attached to it, um, as opposed to physical illness, which is much more freely um, spoken about. And there's often sympathy that goes with that. Um, and so for me uh, and my and Jazz, my co-founder, we wanted to create a platform where people could share their own experiences openly and that we could kind of start a conversation that it's okay to not be okay and that speaking up really can encourage other people to do the same. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I think it's so great that you are doing something like this. Like, it's so courageous. I saw you guys on TV the other night, and I thought, wow, that's so fantastic. Thank you. Um, And how or when did you uh, recognise that you were unhealthy or you weren't in a good place? So for me, um, my issue started around the age of 10 with anxiety. Um, I think my parents probably caught on to it before I did because I was so young and didn't kind of understand. But um, I started isolating myself a lot. Um, I became terrified of being alone. And so sleeping at night became very difficult for me. And I'd spend my night times crying and screaming. And so I think that's kind of um, when I compared my situation, I guess, to what I saw my friends doing and saw my friends going for sleepovers and going to birthday parties. That's kind of when I realized that what I was dealing with was not so normal um yeah and so I guess things when things really got bad it was when I was first admitted to hospital at around 14 um with anorexia I was medically unstable and I think that's kind of the first well that was kind of a pivotal moment of me going okay this is serious like I'm either gonna have to fight this or it's gonna kill me and I'm not ready to ready to die so that was kind of the first kind of eye-opening moment for me of how bad things have really gotten I guess Wow, yeah. And how did it look like, uh, sort of like, what did it look like from the outside? Yeah, so I think um, from people looking in, I walked around often with a smile on my face. So they couldn't, um, a lot of people couldn't tell that I was struggling. Um, Obviously with anorexia, there is the uh, side effect that you do, um, you are underweight. And so um, visually people did begin to notice that I wasn't well because they saw the weight falling off. But with my anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder, no one really knew anything different. And so um, I hid it very well. And I think that's the issue with mental illness is you can hide it really well. Um, But I think the warning signs or the signs that people noticed was that I did isolate myself. I ended up leaving school because it was too much for me. So I did um, correspondence and homeschooling and didn't really have any interest in hanging out with my friends. I'd gone from a really social person to a really secluded, isolated human being, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and what was your self-talk like on a daily basis? You know, that was a tricky one. I think um, I was dealing with an illness that told me that I was worthless and, you know, um, ugly, whatever it may have been. I was being told these things every minute of every day. And so I constantly had to kind of um, learn, learn to, sorry, contradict that. And so self-love and self-talk became a big part of that because um, I'm a real believer in, you know, speaking kindly to yourself and treating yourself the way you treat other people. And so even if I wasn't believing some of the things I was saying, I'd tell myself that, you know, I'm worth recovery and that today's going to be a good day. Because I think sometimes putting those messages out there can really, really uplift you and give you some kind of motivation to keep on going. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, totally. Um, I've recently started doing like a gratitude um, journal just because I've heard about it. And I cannot believe just writing down every day the things that I'm grateful for. It just makes me feel so good and something to focus on. It's awesome. I I think that's the thing. Like I was the same. I did a lot of journaling and a lot of vision boards. And no matter how bad your day is, there's always going to be something positive in it, whether it's smile from a stranger or the fact that you even got up out of bed and made yourself a tea. Like these can be small things, but writing them down, can make you realize what a kind of achievement or accomplishment they are yeah yeah um for sure a lot of the people that listen to uh, me are parents or mothers and I just wondered whether you'd have um any sort of advice or how do you think we as parents can raise resilient children is it like keeping the communication lines open or what are your thoughts on I think think, like you said keeping the communication lines open is really important um I mean, I was very lucky to have a great relationship with both my parents and my mum in particular was someone that I went to um, and felt very able to talk to. Um, So, yeah, I think keeping the communication lines open, um, also showing your vulnerabilities, I think that's important because if you show yourself being vulnerable, then your kids will feel like they can be around you also. Um, And so just keeping keeping um you're keeping really open and also talking positively about yourself I think it's interesting what kids pick up on and so if parents are talking negatively about themselves whether it's their body or the way they are whatever it may be kids really do pick up on that so just being cautious of the way that you talk about yourself um is important also yeah yeah totally and when you mention um you know showing your kids that you are vulnerable I guess on the flip side of that it's showing them that you're vulnerable but then sort of the picking yourself up or the asking for help or showing that you can get through that or you know provided that you've got some help or, or yeah I, I completely agree with that and I think there's easy ways to you know practice that resilience whether it's you know you might not get the mark you want in an exam and, and you bounce back from that and you realize that it's not the end of the world and so simple things like that do build your resilience without you sometimes even realizing that you are doing that yeah yeah well um my daughter is five next year and so she starts school so she's got a little bit of anxiety around that so I've just written her well she's written her own story um about her you know having those really good feelings and feeling happy about going to school making friends and so that's what she can read up until um she starts school to get those really good feelings which I think will be really helpful for her Yeah, and it'll be interesting for her probably to see. I mean, it's probably never going to be as scary as she thinks it's going to be. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what she what she thinks of it when it's time to go. It's a really yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and my next question was, how does someone reach out to a friend or a loved one that they may think is struggling? Like, I guess it's to you know not walk on eggshells, but Mm -hmm. you know they're in a 
um, you know, tough sort of position? How do they reach out without sort of making them feel like they can't open up to them? Yeah, completely. I think for someone that's supporting someone through these struggles, they have to um, be aware that you cannot save someone. You can be there and you can support them. And sometimes the best thing you can be is a friend and just um, be there to listen to them. And I think it's really important um, to just listen. Hello, I'm back. Hi, yes, sorry, I don't know what happened there. So I'll just uh, repeat that last question. So it was, how does someone reach out to a friend or loved one that they may think uh, is struggling? Yeah, so I'm not sure how much of that you got, but um, I'll just I'll just repeat it. So for me, it was, um, I think it's important for people to know that you're not going to be able to save someone or cure someone. I think it's often very easy for us to want to fix the individual, but the best thing you can do is just be there to listen and not give too much advice, but just sit there and be there as a listening ear. I think that's um, a crucial a crucial thing when you're struggling to have someone to talk to. Um, in terms of approaching someone that you think is struggling, um, I think open communication and also being very upfront is important. Um, there's no point beating around the bush. If you're worried about someone, say to them, I'm worried about you. What's going on? I'm here to talk if you want to talk to me. Um, I did a suicide prevention life keepers course and we were told to straight up ask these people, are you having thoughts of killing yourself? Um, and it's very important to be upfront and open because it, um, it gives the person an opportunity to be completely transparent with how they're feeling. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, for sure. Um, are there any um, certain routines or things that you do on a daily basis to make you feel good? I know you mentioned you'd done a, uh, previously done a little bit of journaling, but is that something you do on a daily basis or sport or yeah, so know, catching me, up? Um, exercise has become a huge part of of my life. You know, for so long I abused exercise because of the illness I was going through, but I'm in a really healthy place now where I can do exercise um, as a sort of a release and because I enjoy it and so I think keeping active whether that's going for a walk or just getting outside is really important um so yeah exercise has become something for me just moving my body um being around friends keeping myself socializing and and talking to people openly about kind of what I'm going through in my past as well as journaling, um, I love doing gratitude and gratitude journals. And for me, the biggest thing is probably dreaming. I'm a big dreamer. And so kind of planning ahead and, and you know, planning a life um, that I want to live is, yeah, something that I kind of do on a daily basis. Yeah, and it gives you something else to sort of focus on, look towards, Absolutely. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Is there anything else that you sort of want to finish off with? or Because uh, that wraps up all my questions. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I mean, the thing that we say at Voices of Hope is that it's not weak to speak. And I think, like I mentioned before, I felt a lot of shame talking about my struggle. But I think if you're struggling or if you're supporting someone that's struggling, um, that's a real sign of strength. And there is nothing to be ashamed of. So just be open, honest, reach out for help and don't stop reaching out for help until the help is given. Um, it sometimes takes a few goes to find the right person to listen to you. Um, yeah, totally. And I think the more that we do talk about it on your platform and what you're doing, you know, it will send out that message that it is okay to speak. And like you say, it's not weak. And the more that we do, the more it makes it more acceptable. It always is anyway, but you know what I mean? Gives you yeah, the freedom completely. to be able to ask for that help. Yeah, completely. The more people that share their own personal stories, the more people that will be able to come forward and do the same. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, thanks so much for your time. It's been awesome, awesome to chat to you. I congratulate you and Jazz for your awesome efforts on doing the non-for-profit organisation. That's just, yeah, so awesome. So thanks so much, and I'll let you know when it's up and running. Sounds fantastic. Appreciate your time as well. Cool. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye.